I am unashamed. What about you? So welcome to Unashamed. Zach's off uh, being a movie mogul, so he's not with us today. But um, well, don't you have to have more than one movie involvement <laughs> to be a movie mogul? Well, uh. in our circle, one is enough because none of us have ever done it before. So it makes you a movie mogul. Well, just I'm just saying, one. it's like you look up after a few years and you're like, Okay, you know, did how, that. <laughs> how many? Now, what exactly have you worked on? You're like, I got one movie. It's really good. <laughs> so it's kind of like a lifetime achievement That's award right. movie well, style. Actually, I think he's actually working on another film idea. I've just heard it through the grapevine. I, I'm not in that circle, so I don't hear everything and let's use this done. But I think they're actually working on another project. So once it gets two, Jay, says, was two qualify as a mogul? Or? I don't know. I'm reading the definition of mogul right now. An important <laughs> or powerful person, especially in the motion picture or media, media industry. So it doesn't give a number. So you could just do, it could be a one hit wonder. Yeah, one hit wonder. You we'll could see. be a mogul. So recently we had... Uh, we celebrated the 4th of July, and typically, uh, I think we read it on the podcast. Well, didn't it, wasn't it you that read John Adams about the illuminations and guns and all the things? No, that, that was me. That was my lesson. Oh, right. So we, yeah. But we talked about it here. No, I did a speech yeah. at the uh, Faith. I knew I'd heard that recently, but I couldn't remember. What where. did we call that? Day? Faith Family Freedom. Yeah, Faith Family Freedom. I, I'm, I'm not as I, I said before we got started. I've realized that I can't function properly when my wife and I are not together. Yeah. And uh, she was, she's been the good grandma. She hasn't left you. You mean just together temporarily? Well, she went uh, to Nashville visiting our kids. And, you know, we have two young grandchildren and she's helping, yep. you know, her, our son and, and daughter. Cause I mean, when you have, if you have one baby, that's a handful. You have two? Real close together, yeah. You need and your daughter-in-law is a nurse, so I guess she's back to work. So they probably need the help, right? I mean, yeah. So, so I I left my Bible yesterday, my notebooks, which you found, and I'm appreciative for somebody on your staff. Yeah, the there. church the church found it. So you're back yeah. to the old tore up one today. Well, I was really praying. Does it have Luke? <laughs> yeah, I was praying for Luke to still be attached. <laughs> Good news. <laughs> Good news. We have Luke. He can't. He may not be able to venture too far away from Luke, but we got Luke in the house. I had all these notes and everything. They're gone. And so, yeah, it's been it's been tough. And my dog has gone crazy, and it's been frustrating. So you know, you get a you have a routine. I mean, Phil, you have your routines you do every day. And so I let this dog out three times a day. Like clockwork, because in the off season, you know, we're all getting ready for duck season. But part of that is the dog, they rest. You know, they rest for nine months. Yep. And then they work and hard. And then they work. Yeah. And so he's resting. And so it, this is basically just keeping him from destroying any of my property. He's in a big, nice, luxurious pen. But he gets out three times a day. What What could go wrong? Well... I let him out. He does the same thing. He takes off running wide open. He does his business. He turn. He comes back to the pen. I feed him. Well, I let him out, and he took off running like he was fixed to do his 
business, and he just went out of sight. <laughs> and I was like, hey, hey, oh, hey. Long story short, nine hours later, and now it's nighttime, because he responds to a whistle. I'm way away from my house because someone on the uh, social media apparatus, they have a neighborhood. Yeah, neighborhood Facebook. Yeah, they have neighborhood. So somebody put it, put on there a picture of my dog saying, does anybody know whose dog this is? So I'm, but it was, it was still hard to get the information on, well, where, where is this? Yeah. But I just took off thinking, well, how big is the neighborhood? So I'm blowing this whistle, waking everybody up. If you heard that, Al, that was me. Yeah, I, I never, <laughs> I've never heard the downside to, to city, city living. You never heard you're, the downside or the no, upside? You're giving me the downside. Oh, to, yeah. To, to sub, subdivision living. No, you know what it was? It was a Proverbs 7 analogy. Because about a mile away, there there was a, my neighbor, who I don't know, had some dogs in a kennel, and one of the females, it it's was in heat. Yep, it was in heat. Uh, my awful. dog from a mile away. Yep, risked life and limb traveling through yep. roads, dodging traffic, <laughs> and so. Uh, so I was blowing that whistle, and I was so far away that I thought, this dog, nowhere around here. And then I just was stopped at a stop sign, kind of wondering, well, that that's it. And here come my dog just running down the middle of the street. And so at that time, I didn't know it was an attraction with this dog. So you would think, you know, I got him in the pen, fed him. It's like, whoa, whoa, what a, what a crazy adventure. Then the next night, guess what? I mean, the next day, same thing. Yep. I mean, as soon as he, but this time, so it was only a couple the, hours later because I just went right up there because I heard those dogs barking in that kennel. And sure enough, look, it was like I was hunting. I looked up, here he come, right down the middle of the road, just wide open. And I said. And the dog owner has probably experienced it now because I'm sure every male dog is coming to his house. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, he he's realized. That. I'm looking so you, at Proverbs seven. Yeah, I was gonna read that, but it's probably better from your Bible because I'm I'm not even sure I have Proverbs. So is this the one? Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call and call understanding your kinsman. Yeah, it will keep you from the adulteress, from the wayward wife with her seductive words. Yes. So it's all about Proverbs seven. Is all about wisdom. And better a dog than you, Jace. <laughs> So it gives us this <laughs> with, uh, her per- illust- with her persuasive words, she led him astray. <laughs> and then it's like like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping uh, in the noose. Step, yeah, right before an arrow pierces his liver. I mean, it's a very graphic. <laughs> yes, it goes indeed. on to say her her highway is a highway to hell. I mean, they, there's a rock song. Yeah, oh that yeah, came from Proverbs chapter seven, leading That's down it. to the chambers of. And death. so I'm watching this dog because if you're a dog and you're crossing all these streets wide open with one thing on your mind, yep. death is near. Oh, it's near. So. I gotta break it. I gotta break it up. I I'm glad I'm at the end of the road behind the gate, but it, I don't see that much. Well, right. 
So that that's what I've been doing the last two. But days. back in the day, even you out here in the middle of nowhere had to deal with it because yep. the former Bobo, when he would, you know, that's right, take off up the street, he would get whipped by every dog, or maybe he was whipping dogs. I don't know, but oh, he'd yeah. come back kind of beat up, and I mean, he he had been through the ringer. Dog owners, they go through a lot. They do. Oh, I just, I was like, when I finally got him back, I was like, and for what? A dog that you can't have? <laughs> She's in a kennel. She's pinned up. <laughs> so, oh, frustrated. <laughs> well, was, well, the reason I started out with the 4th of July, I didn't know you were going to tell that story, was because our we our dogs, we, got, we have three now. And, you know, one of them, especially, just she's not very smart. And um, Well, neither is this one. Right. She's just right. not. She doesn't have a lot going on upstairs. But she, the worst thing about her, I mean, you know, she's sweet. The kids love her. But she, she has an aversion to any thunder or fireworks. And oh, when I man. say an aversion, I'm talking about she will – tear anything apart around her to get in or out of whatever she's, you know, mm-hmm. she tries to get in the house, but she has torn off screens. She, you ought to see in the doorpost inside the little area they try to keep her in. I mean, she's chewed it and tore it up. It, it just looks like. Because <laughs> around here, which I don't, most people say, well, that's, what would that have to do with the 4th of July? But around here, people, they're they're doing fireworks the day before July fourth. All day, whatever that period is, they can do it legally. That's what they're doing. Beginning, well, Al, I, on July fourth, it was nonstop. That's what from Jay, daylight. To I, daylight. We weren't here, but Jay says she went nuts. They never stop stop going off into the night, and then the next day, I guess they're selling all the fireworks at half price now. Because I, I actually looked it up, the ordinance, you can pop them up till a week after. Yeah, you're, bring, you're, yeah, you're bringing up law, Al. They, they, <laughs> there's no law, because I'm in the middle of the night. I was looking for that dog, and they were fireworks going off at least every five minutes. We hear it, but it's long range. We hear that. Of course, yeah. you may be hearing gunfire. <laughs> well, no, if you'd have... Sometimes, well, some a lot of times, it's gunfire. The other time, it's just, <laughs> I think it's fireworks. It sounds like it. <laughs> mm. Phil famously said, you know, you don't call the law where I'm at. I am the law. <laughs> yeah. By the time they get here, yeah. whatever happened. You, you need to already dealt with it. <laughs> they're either dead or it's been settled. It's the same with the fire department, because we, yeah. we've had it happen before. By the time they get out of here, it, whatever you Whatever caught on fire is burned to the yeah, ground. Yeah, it's over. Anybody at- who enters the my yard to my house, my dogs are trained. Go out there and find out who that is. Yeah, but and I know you're. I know people are going to send in things about me bringing this up about the dog because all dogs have issues. We've tried the vest. They've got the secure. I mean, the uh, like the warm blanket you wrap around a dog. Supposedly that helps them with these high tension. We tried medicines. Nothing works. So, I don't know. I'm sure somebody will have a, some solution. But we tried all the things that are offered for dogs that just I mean, Maybe the dog should be transferred to a less combustible It needs area. to be in a very quiet environment. 
That's it. <laughs> Maybe I need to send it out here, Dad. All your stuff is off in the long, booming distances. But... Tough to live in the subdivision, in my opinion. Well, so... especially if you got an aversion to noise. Like Jay said, it's a noisy right. place. That's right. Old friends at uh, Barrel Buddy, Jace, are uh, sponsoring the podcast, and we're kind of getting into that prep for hunting season. We're not quite into gun cleaning mode, but it's just around the corner, right? Yep. The excitement is building. It's building. Uh, these guys are great. They, uh, kind of like a small company, came up with a better way to clean your guns. And so mostly we use shotguns, but they also have them from anything from 22 to a 10-gauge. Um, they have a two-part polymer design. It scrubs and collects particles as it goes through. Then it absorbs all the residue and buffs it clean. So it's a good process. Uh, back in the day, I used to use the patches and the boar snake, but this is uh, this is much better. The white polymer allows you to see the results. So it's a good product. They're good people. We want you to check them out. BarrelBuddy.com is where you're going to go to, to uh, check out their products. B-A-R-R-E-L buddy.com. Check them out. All right, so we've been uh, studying the book of Luke. Jace, we're going to depend on your memories today since you have no notes. Yeah. Um, luckily, I have my notes. Uh, so It's Luke chapter 8, I'm telling you. it's uh... before, we, before we get to 8, though, I want to do a little bit of a because uh, there are a couple of verses I wanted to read in our last discussion that I didn't get to. So I want to to catch us up in where we've been. I want to do that before we jump into the parable of the sower. In Luke 7, we talked about uh, these people that Jesus was interacting with, um, the undesirables is what I called them. But they were just people who had, you know, normal life issues. And Jesus was unafraid you know, to deal with them. And one of them, the last one, of course, was the woman, the sinful woman, who we had assumed was the kind of the town prostitute. It seems that way based on, on what happened. There was also a, a centurion and then also a widow who had lost a son. But in that section, the last thing we talked about was John the Baptist. And I got them at Jason, per our discussion, it really fits the theme. Because at first I kind of, it feels like an outlier in that text, but when you think about it, he's really saying that the way he was treated, Jesus and John the Baptist, they were kind of the undesirables too. Well, yeah. Because they're the outcasts. You know, so the reason they were open to these other people is because they were also rejected. And you said, what am I going to do with this generation? They won't listen. You know, they reject. That's why I brought up that. That's why I thought about that, the story of both my dog as it relates to Proverbs 7. You know, Proverbs Really, those first seven chapters are all about having understanding and guarding your heart. And uh, you know, what's the famous verse in Proverbs? Was it three, four, or four, three? I think it's three. Uh, lean not on your own understanding. I think it's, yeah, three, yeah. three, four. four. So, I mean, we tell that story, but we see that play out in the real life. You know, his illustration from guarding yourself. And using a story like that, it's it's just not wise. If you're if you're pursuing something that's going to cost you other relationships or perhaps your life, it's just it's not wise. And so when he when he said that about you know the son of man came eating and drinking, and you say here's a glutton and a drunkard, or you know, and John the Baptist 
you know, he kind of had the religious credibility, but he lived in the wilderness and he ate bugs. <laughs> so that's dude's crazy. So I want to read these two passages that I didn't get to, Jay's, because I think it sets up perfectly where we're headed next. And these are both out of Isaiah. And they were prophecies, but but listen to it in, in context of Jesus talking about him and John the Baptist. First one is Isaiah 35, 3. Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance and with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be open and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer. And the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. So it's obviously a pointing towards Jesus coming, right? Yeah. And But also John the Baptist. And then this was the other one, Isaiah 61, verse 1. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Remember, that was the word Jesus used, the phrase Jesus used. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So I mentioned this before, but all of these texts and all of the blessed are the poor, for yours is the kingdom. Blessed are you who hunger now, you'll be satisfied. Blessed are the ones who weep now for your life. Blessed are those who hate you, blessed are them, exclude you, insult you, reject your name. He's talking about the culture that these people were in which haven't, which hasn't changed enough to doodly squat. Yeah, it's the same culture with human beings. Same mindset. Same mindset. Same sin problems. Yeah. Same sins. The whole thing is that he's talking about how you deal with it, because if you, if they they get under your skin and you start sinning like they are and and lash lash back out at them instead of just smiling and moving on, well you know. You, you've looked, you're looking at it from the prism of uh, I'm safe in my position in Christ. Right. And I'm a member of the kingdom of God for crying out loud. I mean, he's come, you know, and told me to go out and make disciples. So you, you can't go out and make disciples and be mean to people or, and you're going to cost you a little bit. Some of them will rip you off. They'll right. lie to you. And you'll, you'll say, well, I tried to help them, but they just, so you've all kinds of people, but it's a description. Each one, all these texts, it's a description of what the kingdom looks like. So we, you're without right. it, just think about what this place would look like without that. I mean, it's it's bad enough, and we all preach Jesus, Him crucified and raised from the dead, and they're like, rah, 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 and they naysayers. But you just think about it. If there was no Jesus, no message of hope to live beyond the grave, just what you'd have there. You'd have nothing. So right. he's trying to say, look, you, you've, you've, you've got it. 
Just hold on so to So to it. your point, Isaiah wrote those words 700 years before Jesus is saying his words, and that's 2,000 years before us <laughs> saying our words. And we're still on the same train. And they still matter. That's exactly right. And I think about that in verse 23, Jason, chapter 7, whenever Jesus said, uh, blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. You know, he was, made, and, and we obviously know we're talking about John the Baptist. There's a lot of hurdles, a lot of hurdles right. in, in so, life. So it's a reminder of encouragement to me. It's yeah. a lot of people don't don't say it. They all say, well, go down here and we've got a ministry that you can work. But training yourself with the help of God is really, you have to have it. Yeah. You have to have the training, you training of yourself. Whether he's going to do it or they're going to do it or we're going to form a group that's going to call it this and that and the other, we tend to, and you know, we, we one serves all, but but actually, self training is is what I keep reading about here. You know, blessed are you when they hate you, when they exclude you, they insult you, they reject your name as evil because of me. That's self training. Yeah. No one can. If you say, well, I'll go to some people that. It's good to get together and all that, but we each have the obligation and the parameters of saying, train yourself to fulfill these texts. You'll have a lot better life. Well, most of that can be been done by living it. That's right. You bet. Well, I'm glad you brought up John the Baptist because, uh, you know, we kind of talked about how it's even possible for him to doubt since he was part of this scheme of redemption and he he was being used in a positive way as the forerunner of Jesus. Sometimes we forget, Jace, he was but, only human. <laughs> well, he, he, he is, and uh, but I do want to make the point that when it gets to where we're at now with this Luke 8, there's something about how you listen and how you hear and being wise and what understanding and discernment and searching, these kind of qualities that after you read the parable of the sower, it really kind of scares you. Yeah. That he starts talking about how people are going to view this and receive it. And if you're on the wrong end of it, it just, it's not a happy ending. Yeah. It's, it's like my dog. If he keeps going across those streets in pursuit of something that he's not going to experience, it, it's just a venture that's not going to end well. Yeah. It's futile. And uh, so I thought about, thought about that. You know, in the negative, yes, he was having doubts because his narrative of Jesus was not happening. And and I think that's going to be a real clue to, to unpacking the parable of the sower is that you don't want to have a vision of Jesus that is wrong, it, you know, and you think it's right. So... John the Baptist was thinking, you know, he's going to crush all these other kingdoms and we're going to live heavily, uh, happily ever after. But then he winds up in prison. But it to the positive, he did say, well, are you the one? I mean, he was had enough courage to in that statement to realize his weakness, thinking I must either, I'm misunderstanding something has happened that I'm, I can't figure out. And he was just point blank 
asking him. He needed affirmation. Did you get oh. to chapter 8, which we're fixed to go into, from 5, 6, and 7, you know, uh, he talks about the sins being forgiven of a woman, and then your faith has saved you, about faith, go in peace. Then the, the, the sower, parable of the sower, he traveled about the town, village to village. It says, proclaiming the good news, gospel of the kingdom of God. The 12 were with him and also, so it yep. comes back right to what I've been trying to get most people to kind of take a look at. No, and you're Matthew, right. About the king. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you say he's preparing them for when this will be the norm. He's well, still standing there. He hasn't died yet. The resurrection hasn't taken place. Well, to your point, in, in 620, you know, when he, when Luke gave the version of the Sermon on the Mount, he, yep. looking at his disciples, he said, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Yep. So he's going around preaching about the kingdom. He's trying to get them he, to see help is on the way here. Well, in the next and I'm it. <laughs> Jace, recently on a podcast, uh, you was it Proverbs seven where you had that verse about the liver? Because yeah. you know most people don't think the liver is in the Bible, but it is in the Bible. It is. I mean, it was in a deer hunting situation with an arrow, but it is interesting. <laughs> the Solomon said, "You better be careful. You get that arrow through the liver, right?" Yeah. Well, Solomon was maybe wiser than ever because um, our folks at Liver Health Formula. Uh, tell us that uh, the liver is very important to take care of. The American Heart Association um, indicates that adults with fatty liver were 3.5 times more likely to have heart failure than those that didn't have it. And it's about 100 million Americans is who it affects, including yours truly. 100 million? 100 million. That's almost a third of the country, Dad. It is an issue. What did they say calls that? It's just all kinds of issues, mostly being overweight, but there's other issues. But that liver gets fatty, and it doesn't work as it's supposed to. But good news is, because uh, I had my liver checked, my enzymes were super high, and I took this product that I'm about to tell you about from Liver Health Formula, and my numbers are back perfect. And so it does work. They also give you a free bottle of blood sugar formula. Uh, that helps reduce the sugar cravings as well. So it worked for me. Uh, definitely, if you've got some uh, liver issues and your enzymes are high, check out this product, getliverhelp.com slash unashamed, and you're going to get that bonus gift of the blood sugar formula as well. So it's getliverhelp.com slash unashamed. Check it out. In the next chapter, which is, you know, kind of what we're leading to is this, he makes this statement in Luke nine twenty seven when he said, I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. Yep. So he is revealing whatever that means. I mean, we know what it means, but the fun of studying these gospels from yeah. beginning to end is you see. You get to watch it happen. Yeah, you're watching it unfold, yeah. which, and we get bogged down. Uh, you know, in the trees a lot of times, and we're not seeing the forest. So that's why we keep trying to remind people that it wasn't like that Jesus didn't didn't understand that people are going to have a hard time wrapping their head around this. Yep. And so he brings up using parables. Because you think about how crazy this this message is. I mean, you're living on the earth. 
you, even though we have the Old Testament, like you read, and these predictions that there's a Messiah coming, but you're seeing that all the people who are familiar with those, they thought, yeah, he's coming, but he's going to do something different than what he actually did. So then they didn't recognize him. And a lot of people still haven't recognized him. <laughs> so, to and, this day. And, and to your point, John the Baptist, <clears throat> who couldn't have a closer front row seat. It was his cousin. It was his cousin. <laughs> and and this thing had been predicted for hundreds of years. Even he questioned it because he had a different view to Jesus' point of what this was well, going to look and like. And you got to remember in real life, they're sitting around a campfire. That's what they did back then. And he's like, look, you realize my, you know, my parents, they could not have children. They were past the age of childbearing. Yep. And I'm here. And then Jesus is like, yeah, that's cool. I get it. But, you know, my parents. I don't even have it. <laughs> they never even, I mean, you know that had to have come up. They yeah. had a conversation about that. It's like, you're not really Tommy topping each other. Because both were impossible that's without right. God, the creator of the universe, being directly involved in a man manipulation of atoms and molecules occurring. And that's it genetic codes and laws of nature being violated. So, and they're having conversations about this. And then the man, I mean, we're not very far into Luke's account. And he's like, are you, no, you, are you the one or? Should we look for I, another? <laughs> what am I missing? And so that, that's, we're making a big deal about this is because how you think and how you view something matters. And that's really what he's getting into in Luke 8, the art of listing, which, look, for the first few years of my Christian life, I won't even get into pre-Jesus. I was not a very good listener because this flies in the face, really, of any kind of kingdom. I was a terrible listener. You said, what do kingdoms do? And, and we only have two categories of kingdoms. There's Jesus's, and then there's all other kingdoms. Well, all other kingdoms, they basically use force to occupy, and they tell you what you're going to do. You, you don't have to listen, really, as long as you comply. They just coerce you into, yep. and even you see that even in the political world, you know, what, who, whatever side wins, you, that, that's it. You lost. You have to... Even though and they you start may... making the rules, this is how we're going to function. Yep. And so then to make an example, an illustration out of that. So if you don't think how you listen matters, you just use the political illustration. So whatever side of politics you are, any news that comes out, you basically either, if it's something positive, you're, you, you shout about it, you know. If it's something negative, you spin it. And no matter what comes out, it doesn't matter what really happened. Because you, you've picked a side and you filter everything. How you listen to things yeah. is showing you which, which side the, you're the on. Decide whether it be error or not. Yeah, whether forget about who's right or wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying how you listen to things is coming from where you've set yourself on what side. That's, that's true. Which is true. Whether you're on the right side or the wrong side or, you know, doesn't matter. My point is how you listen. 
because we all know we're like that. If it's something that your side, uh, Jace, you could be wrong, but I actually doubt it. No, I'm not wrong on this. <laughs> it's like it's like if some something that hurts whatever party you're with comes out, you know, you're like, ah, I bet that didn't even happen, you know. Yeah. And that, but if it's something positive, uh, I was trying to think of something. Oh, I got a. Oh, I I got one. They found cocaine in the White House. Yeah, was that the one you were going to use? No, I got another one. Oh well, that to me that one is. is, Well, I am absolutely. If they found cocaine, you didn't know that. I'm just shocked they even hear it. No, well, I was shocked that somebody reported it. I thought (laughs) I was like, well, how does that happen? I was just assumed it. So now I was going to use my own example. So I mean, I proudly supported John McCain. Who's the one from Utah, Romney? I mean, I, I touted him. I supported him. I voted for him for president. And a few years go by, and you learn more about him. And I'm like, to your point, Jay, I bought. I was drinking the Kool Aid, but it turns out these guys weren't d- d- yeah. didn't believe like I believed at all. If you're on the wrong side, I was on mani- their side, but then it turns out I should have never. So I, I'm embarrassed I ever voted for either one of them. Well, I was convicted when I read this. At least McCain uh, was a war hero, so I can give tip my hat for that. I was convicted when I read this, the parable of the sower, and I, I really think the first three verses, which are not about the parable of the soul, which we need to address. But when I read it, it's very convicting. Because you realize, and I've said this before, and I know people got mad, but the older you get, the less likely you're going to listen. Like the people I run with now in my age bracket, they're not listening. And so I, it scares me because I'm like, and you say listening about what? Anything. Now, I'm going to read this. I want to <laughs> Any read, subject. I know this is where you're going, but I want to read it just to set it for the audience because I'm really glad we're giving the big big flyover because he closes out this section of the two parables we're going to talk about in, in uh, 819, 818, I'm sorry. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Yeah, I was going to bring that yeah, up. I knew look, you were. So that, I mean, that, that, that's a story uh, – where where it says that where's that at again? That was in uh, the story is uh, sixteen to eighteen. Yeah, that yeah. And eighteen's how he, how but, he wraps it. And look, Al, you're right. the The parable of the sower, you know, it says it's about hearing. You know, I think the King James, whatever it said, be careful how you hear. Yeah. And you're like, be careful how I hear. Well, what does that mean? Why would Jesus be saying, now look, and he's making a big deal a about. Of, maybe look. a bunch of crap, but you believe it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but that's a great, that's the Greek word, crap. But you're right in, in, uh, in the 16 through 18, which we'll eventually get to. Most people think, well, this is always about sharing your faith because it says no one lights a lamp hides it in a jar or puts it under a bed because they're you know we're all thinking oh, well, we're supposed to let our light shine we're supposed to be bold most time you hear courageous. this priest that's what this is not the context this is that's not his point here that's right because the point is in verse 17 it says for there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open therefore consider carefully how you listen that's right so it's like if you've got this, you're going to put a bowl over your life and say, oh, I got something going here. I got it all figured out. And he's like, it's all going to be revealed. 
uh, your thoughts. This is getting down into what's ticking in your in your brain, and it also brings in the idea of the spiritual war we have with the evil one. They know they use thoughts also, because that first heart where the seed never got into the ground, it fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Well, who are the birds? You know, because the seeds are the, I mean the the soul. Is where the all the people are. Your lie. neighbors, your kinfolks, this one and that one. And well, I one. think people are the soul because that's the hearts. Right. But the the birds coming in is someone who is not your friend. It's not a human being. It's the spiritual forces of evil. I mean, I think everybody agrees with that. But, but what I wanted to say earlier that I didn't is I, the, I think the reason Jesus told this parable because people immediately think well why is he telling this story and what is a parable you know you've heard it defined different ways earthly story with a heavenly meaning or illustrative um, teachings method meaning that you take something from nature and apply meaning to it right yeah and and look i'll tell you this as much time as i've spent reading this in the last couple days you know i noticed even coming down here, you you know that you look at a cornfield differently after you've meditated on this for a while, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or just a field that's got a bunch of weeds and briars, and because you're looking at that, realizing, staring at that is where Jesus got this idea, yeah, and uh, which is very powerful because when you just think, we take for granted the actual germination process. And things changing bodies and changing forms and producing other seeds that produces other crops. We're, we're taking that for granted. Yeah. Just, it's powerful. Just get, eat, eating corn on the cob is like, what a miracle. This came out of the ground from right. one seed. All it did was take some time. So he's comparing that to our hearts and how we listen and approach the message that we're hearing. So that's why when we we started off, when he said he's proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God, you got to remember this this is a this is hard to wrap your head around because the message that he's bringing is crazy. This is a crazy message. Mm-hmm. Here's a king who's not a uh, into agriculture or a farmer. So I'm sure the people it was a large crowd too. They're like, "What do you know about farming? Aren't you a?" Carpenter. <laughs> Carpenter hanging out with fishermen. Yeah. And so he st- starts pontificating on agriculture. And, of course, we know why, because that's why I brought up that illustration. If, if you're the it creator. it was his idea. To, yeah. He's to... the creator of the universe <laughs> is why he's pontificating on agriculture, because he designed that. And if you really think about it, it is a phenomenon. Yeah. That no one can explain. Because it's funny, because on the scientific side, we come along now and put big words on stuff and say, look how smart we are. We figured out photosynthesis, and we have all these words we'll attach. Even the the term Mother Nature. Yeah. Who is that? Every time I make this, somebody, there's two emails that come in. They're like, I can't believe you're downing Mother Nature. It's a word that humans made up. (laughs) That There is no person. It's like Santa Claus, you know? I mean, it's a we we don't know what to call it. So if you don't believe in God, you say, "Well, I believe in Mother Nature." Mm-hmm. That's just 
it, it's I, I don't I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> it's just we made something up so we could identify. And there's a picture of on every Starbucks. <laughs> Mother Nature, there she is. There she is. So somebody built this, somebody made this, and Jesus, by him commenting on this, seems to have some kind of insight. But think about how crazy the, the end of it is. He's like, all right, I'm I'm from heaven. I'm a king. And I'm going to be tortured and crucified so that you can be victorious. It's just crickets. Just think about that. Just take the what you know out of the scheme of redemption and God's plan. People are like, what? That's why I think he's going into detail about how you listen. Yep. Because then he, when he come back from the dead, though, all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe... Maybe there is something to this, because if you could come back from from the dead, that changes that, that changes a lot. But then when he starts talking about what the kingdom is like, well, everything is backwards. Everything's upside down. You know, if you want to be powerful, you humble yourself. You want to be rich, sell all your money. I mean, I sell all you have and give away all your money. You're like, wait, what? It it just it's hard for you to be open minded enough to even consider what he's introducing here i mean i mean that's my theory on why he's using parables uh why he's using parables that the meaning is be real careful on how you listen and what yep. you're how you're hearing in life message so what i was going to make the point though is it's the exact opposite of every other kind of kingdom because every other ki kingdom they come up with here's the manifesto here's what we're going to do and it's all about you know the strongest person wins. We're we're, we're going to whoop everybody. We got the follows. greatest weapons, and so it's crazy. It's like so, so you be you, if somebody tells you your father is the ocean, salt water is the is the the giver of life. Yeah, the giver of life. That's where you got your life from. You know, you along with an elephant and a giraffe and a monkey, mm. all of them. Other a whale, you, you're that. That's your father. That's why you say you better be careful how you listen, because that <laughs> you say. But no, that's true. It's it seems point. nonsensical. You yeah. said what? You pick up some salt water. You like. So we that's where there. I came from. You, you got to be really. That's where you came and, from. And you got to realize the older you get, the harder it is for you to listen. <laughs> yeah. it, it's just harder for you to be open to anything. Oh, I I'm try. Talking about any human. And you're right. And if you, uh, let's take our last one. I think a good illustration, though, is like you're kind of fooled into thinking what true power is. Because think about it. So if you had a field, you know, we're fixed to get to this, but if you had a field and you had 10 dump trucks filled with dynamite, or you had 10 dump trucks filled with seeds, and you say, well, which is the more powerful? Well, you would think the dynamite. Because he's like, you go out there and blow this field to bits. But it would only be a one-time thing. If you put those seeds in the ground, and then this crop comes up and dies, but guess what happens? More seeds come from the ones 
that were there. When, when you're just looking at power. Oh, you talking about yeah, and I wonder how salt water make it, it makes its headway right there. I mean, so well, what I'm describing is the two heartbeats of the kingdoms. You have one where it's all a temporary force. We're blowing everything up. We're in control. But when you look at really what what Jesus introduced as being the creator of the universe, what just a plant does and produces and reproduces is a way more powerful concept. Very much so. I mean, it actually, he, he was sowing the seed for us that it's possible to come back from the dead. Because you see it in a plant. That's right. And and because that which you look at and assume is dead is really not dead. There's still life there because you put it back in the ground and you start the process over. Dad, you described something. So you, you did these these bass ponds over here on our property. And I remember when you first did all that, it's it's flat ground. There's nothing growing. There's nothing there. Just all, weeds. Just weeds. And then all of a sudden, some birds start flying in and landing on the shore of this water. And what we didn't realize was they were bringing seeds with them yep. that they'd gotten from other places like that. And now you walk over there, and there's big willow trees. All 30, over. 40 feet tall. Exactly. Well, all they, that, the sower, they, was the birds that came in from some other place. And plant. it came from their feet. From their feet. And I had nothing to do. I didn't nothing. plant anything. Didn't I just any looked up. And it's a forest now. It's and a forest. I, it's a forest. I said, whoa. I told the Corps of Engineers, I said, you see this right here? What good? Because I, I had to have permission to dig a hole in the ground. Mm-hmm. So I pointed to them. I said, what does that look like to y'all? They said, just to fill the weeds. I said, do you see any merit, any goodness in that? They said, not really. I said, well, what if you place this, some levees to where this would hold water and come back in another few years and take a look at it? Well, now it's at that stage. It's about beautiful. T- about 10 years ago. So they go but- out there and look now, they're, they're like, Goodness gracious, how'd you do that? I said, I didn't do it. And birds, it. That's the, to birds, your point. the birds did the it. Birds got did out it. of the way. And they're like, get out of here. I said, well, I'm just telling you. Well, I want to I wanna read this. I didn't plant you know, the willow seeds. What's a willow seed look like? I mean, I think we've kind of introduced it. And, and it, I think it does go into what Al said, just from a context situation about from this, how John the Baptist and Jesus were viewed. Yes, because there's a wisdom. You, you think about making wise decisions. I mean, how important is it in your life to making wise decisions? Yeah. I would say that better be in your top five. From a lifetime viewpoint, making wise decisions is oh, essential. Oh, and so, especially for the big things. So I'm going to back up because, and, and Phil and I had the same thought. That first verse where he's talking about when he's proclaiming the good news yep. of the kingdom. It's going one town to the next, one to one. Yeah. And so, but these this news is what I, I was trying to illustrate. It's crazy. It's crazy to the religious people. It's crazy to the Gentile world because they're like, oh, we can come too. I mean, because he's. He seems to be, he's claiming to be son of God. He's claiming that he can forgive sins. And he seems to be going to every class of human being. Whatever humans have made the differences, he seems to be saying. Rich, poor, all in between. You know, military, uh, you know, across country lines, male and female. And then I think it's very powerful 
and this these next two verses are skipped over, but I want to highlight them because a lot of a lot of people who look at Christianity as uh, they just quickly dismiss it, which would be the first heart that we're going to get to, by the way. Right. Who it's not even a a, a chance. It's like I'm not interested. They accuse Jesus, you know, of being or or Christianity like demeaning towards women or whatever. And everything we've read up until right now has been the total opposite. He he's valuing uh, women in a way in their culture that wasn't happening. Right. He's taking risk on who he's talking to in public, in you know, having the woman. Let her hair down, which we went through that a couple yeah. podcasts ago. Well, that's why these religious people are like, well, you're not the son of God. Because this woman, if you knew who she was, and she's a, being a public disgrace right now. And you're going along with it. You're saying you're supporting this. Well, look right here. So it says in verse 2, and also some women who had been, so here's the 12. So Jesus is going around preaching the good news. The 12 were with him the 12 apostles, and also some women who have been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. That's a a lot. Well, yeah. Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household, which was a, just just those first two that he mentions cannot be any different. You have a powerful woman and you have a woman from the wrong town who's had this, you know, demonic experience. And then you have Susanna. And they are uh, all together coming out. Yeah, and many, look. With, and, it happened without, without, with their own means, where they didn't have a lot. I mean, Which but, is the direct opposite of what people view Christianity when you get to Ephesians 5 and the roles of, you know, that were male and were female and the husband's role and the mm-hmm. wife's role. Which women is, were the backbone of this operation. Well, yeah, and they're like, oh, y'all are just like, you know, keep them whatever the say they have. Keep them at home. And they have a stereotype of barefoot and pregnant. And here you're, you're reading this and you're like, this is the beginning the birth pains of the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit being unleashed on the planet. That's it. He's traveling around with 12 apostles and a bunch of women from every conceivable background, from powerful, influential, to widows, to single women, which is... Preach in, on, in their, Jace. In their, Preach on. In their culture was breaking the law, yeah. these amendments to the law. You can't be going around in public with a bunch of guys... No, and they're doing it, and Jesus is seems to be supporting it, and, and they're, they're making them. all the money. That's right to fund the thing. And, and, and look, and the whole time, primarily male people, male men, and all the time, look, Jace, they're scratching their head, saying, "Now, who is this?" Well, I mean, well you can that. understand why it was viewed the way it was. Oh. For sure. so we're out of time. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this setup. Um, about that, Jason, in our overtime segment. So if you want to follow us over there, it's blazetv.com slash unashamed is where you sign up for overtime. We'll set the stage a little more before we get into the meat of this uh, Luke 8. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. 
And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.